This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, saving your day from boredom with the best podcasting entertainment. What's up, what's up, everybody? Ricky Whitmer here, along with fellow man-child, Johnny Carlin. And we are back like we are every single week here for the Rick and Johnny podcast here on Most Valuable Podcast. If you're on YouTube, hello. It is great to see your faces today if you're on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, or Stitcher. Thank you for giving us the download. Thank you for giving us the listen today. They small, still may all be beautiful. And Johnny, we got we got a DC sandwich today. We yes, like, we do. We like making sandwiches. Sandwich. Sam Mitches. I mean, look at us. We like no, sandwiches. I love sandwiches, especially with some mayo. My fast break fans know what I'm talking about there. That mayo has got to be on that sandwich if I'm eating it. But we have a DC sandwich today. We're going to be talking about the Flash to start. We're going to be looking at Wonder Woman at the end of the show. And right in the middle, the biggest news of the week, it's Tom Hardy As being Venom. Venom in the Venom movie, which surprisingly, they have set for next October. Yeah. October 2018. So we'll see how quick that turnaround can be. We'll get to that. A little that. over a year. But the thing I wanted to start the show off with yes. is The Flash. Yes. And the reason being two things. Didn't want to talk DC to DC, back to back. And second off, this to me... Is really huge. It could oh, be it really. Is. It's not news, but it's one of those things where you look at it and you go, whichever one of these guys they pick to be the director of the Flash could change the movie. Could really change the DC extended universe. It could. Very could much really. So. How does the Flash fit in? And what we have is we have three guys. We have Sam Raimi, who, of course, everyone knows him for the. Toby Maguire's Spider Man. Spider Man trilogy. That that's what I that's what I remember. That's my from. that's and the one I know him best. The first one was good. By the third one, I was a little bit bored with it. Then we've got <laughs> Matthew Vaughn, who to me should be the front runner. Kingsman, Secret Service. He directed Gold Circle that's coming out. You've got X-Men First Class. He directed Kick Ass. This guy looks like he's done it before. He's done the comic book stuff. He's done a great job with Kingsman. He's on the list as well. And then to me, this is really the wild card in the entire thing. Robert Zemeckis. Yes. The director of Back to the Future, as well as Who Framed Roger Rabbit. We have, he also did Beowulf, Polar Express, Castaway, Forrest Gump, a lot of Tom Hanks movies. Yeah. He, to me, is the wild card in this. I'm going to kick it over to you first, Johnny. If you had to pick one of these three guys, who would be the one that you said this guy has to direct? The Flash movie for the DCEU. I'll be honest, seeing these, I'm look. I'm, I was looking through before we started, and a little bit right now, I was mm-hmm. looking through what they did, what type of movies. I'll be honest, I'm actually going to give you a one through three okay. who should be the most and who's the Perfect. least. Perfect. Um, Perfect. My number one, honestly, it's the guy who did a few um, comic book ones already. It's going to be. Why can't I find his name in here? Matthew Vaughn. Thank you, Matthew Vaughn. Um, he's done a few comic book ones already. I his his type seems like kind of more of a flash type mm-hmm. archetype for the movies. Second would be Robert Zemeckis. He's got some of those that we talked about, um, Back to the Future, Polar Express, where it's a little bit more lighthearted type of movie. Um, it's very adventurous when it comes to Back to the Future and mm-hmm. a little bit of zaniness to it. And then you got. Uh, Sam Raimi, which a the lot obvi- of the obvious last in the room here between me and you, the obvious, obvious last the obvious between the both of, of us. Three. I mean, a lot of movies I've seen parts of, I've seen all the way through. Um, they're not really throwing out flash to me. It's like some of the young Hercules kind of goes with it, but when he's got a lot of um, Dark Man, Dark Man 2, um, a lot of horror movie type ones. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, The Grudge, The Grudge 2, 30 Days of Night. I saw that all the, all the way through. Great movie, mm-hmm. but doesn't scream Flash to me. This is not The Flash. Yeah, and I mean, the thing with Raimi, I'll touch him first, because to me, he is the obvious, and it has nothing to do with, like, oh, Sam Raimi stinks, don't let him no, direct No, it's nothing this. to do with that. It is just, compared to the other two, I think, he's in a, I think he's a little bit behind. And the thing with me is the movies that I look at is... The Spider-Man trilogy, because obviously you're going to look at the comic book movies yeah, that's the to first relate one. to a comic book movie that you're cho- trying to choose a director for. 
However, also, one of the movies, and this was from 2013, mm-hmm. so it was about four years ago, yeah. but it's still recent. He did direct Oz the Great and the Powerful. He did. Which I did enjoy. I enjoyed that I one. I enjoyed that, too. That one had a lot of different... That one was one where... Because I remember the thing that threw me through a loop at first was it was in black and white for the good part of that movie. Yeah. Until they went to... in like... Something like that is like, okay, I can see those aspects treating a Flash movie in good ways, positively, I should say. Yeah. Because, like, when I watched Oz the Great and the Powerful, you kind of get set in this black and white kind of a mood. And then when he gets to Oz, boom, everything's all colorful. Technicolor, yeah, I remember. And it just smacks you in the face. Not like a bad way, but it's like, whoa, those are vibrant colors. Yeah. Because I've been looking at black and white. For, for about 30 minutes almost. Exactly. Not even maybe 20 minutes. 20 to 30. Yeah, for no, that, I For that beginning that. of that movie, I just think he's well behind. Because to me, the clear favorite in my mind is Matthew Vaughn. Yes. And the reason why I think that is loved Kick-Ass. Yeah. Loved X-Men First Class. Like, those are comic book movies where Kick-Ass was kind of the outside comic book movie. Yeah. It's not a mainstreamer. You don't really know it unless you... You've read it. Yeah. Or you've heard about it. But I exactly. mean, X-Men First Class, I love that movie. It's a great movie the as Kingsman's well. The Kingsman's movie? Yes. I, we're going to see the Number second Number two, one. yeah. We're going to see it. We're me, Mark and myself for a graphic conversation are going to read the Secret Service to kind of catch up in correlation with this season of our graphic conversation with the movie coming out. But it's just one of those things where I look at it and goes, he's done comic book movies and I love the comic book movies and I loved what he's done with those movies to where maybe it's me. Maybe it's what I look at as a safe choice. Yeah, it's the safe choice. And that's why I threw out the wild card. And this is this is the guy who I think could get the job from. Matthew Vaughn, and that's Zemeckis, because you look at him, and he is, his directing style is out of the Spielberg family. Exactly. So he comes from that kind of tree of directors, but the thing that intrigues me the most is two things. First off, when you look at his IMDP page, it says, a whiz kid with special effects. Robert is from the Spielberg camp of filmmaking. Just that first line, though. With a whiz kid with special effects, what do you think this movie's going to be? Oh, it's got to. A ton of special effects. And the thing that I look at with Zemeckis that might get him an inside track to getting this job, Mm -hmm. what does Back to the Future and The Flash have in common? The, The effects that we saw in Back to the Future, although very dated from now, the effects we have now to back then, but when you see the DeLorean kind of... Zoom yep. off. Yeah. What's left behind it? Fire. A little fire, little electric. Yeah. What happens when the flash that's enters the, flash. the time force? That is the, exact the flash. same thing. So that's why to me, Vaughn might be my safe choice. That's why I'm saying he's number one. Yeah. But I would not be surprised if Zemeckis got the job to direct the flash. That's why he's my number two. Um a lot of, like like I was saying earlier, the Back to the Future ones, all three of them mm-hmm. kind of have that vibe. I mean, like you just pointed mm-hmm. out. Exactly. Yeah, though those effects are dated, mm-hmm. the electricity, the fire left behind, the disappearing out of nowhere mm-hmm. of the DeLorean kind of resembles the Flash, if you think about it, mm-hmm. in a looser term. Even time travel. There you go. Um, not that saying that should be well, part of the movie. It's with the speed force. <laughs> exactly. But or I mean, the time force. Basically whatever. the same thing. <laughs> Uh, he just doesn't have a flux capacitor, so yeah, let's not get into that. <laughs> um, no, but I mean, his movie, it's just, to me, from what I'm looking at as IMDb, it kind of um, has a, a range to it of mm-hmm. some sorts. I mean, to me, it just, he can he can pull that one off as well. And being a whiz kid of special effects, as they describe, is a helpful part of getting into that, because you're going to need those to do a Flash movie. Well, and the Flash is going to be, like I've said, out of all the DC characters. Yeah. His is probably going to be the most important that the special effects are good yeah. and the special effects hit and you have somebody that can work with those special effects and exactly. translate it from the mind to the actor, to the film, to the audience. Exactly. You got to get those down right because mm-hmm. this is one of your characters that you really need those special effects yeah. correct with because there there is a science behind how the Flash runs. There's mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff that goes with it. 
you got to get those things right to make it believable that's yeah. happening. That will make the better movie. Well, and that's another thing with Back to the Future. I'm not sure if, like, the science was 100% correct, because let's be honest, it's time travel. Uh, exactly. And, like, nobody has obviously perfected time I travel I will mess with all. time. Uh, I will mess with time. I will mess with time. Um, but really, that movie, though, I didn't see too many, like, that was, like, it kind of had its roots yeah. in the science. But also with Back to the Future, and I think both Matt Vaughn and Zemeckis can bring to it, is... Zemeckis is on the side of I've done back to the, like back to the future to me is the bread and butter to relate to this. Yeah. I've done the movie with the similar special effects here, but also it had this comedy aspect to it. Exactly. With Doc, with Marty. And that's something that you can also translate over to the Flash because the Flash, as we've already seen in some of the Justice League trailers, is going to be. A funny character, and that's yeah. who the Flash is. He's the comedian of the group. Yeah, he's the comedian. He's the jokester. He's the class clown of this group, cracking all the like. Even in the animated shorts, he's the one cracking all the jokes uh, to Batman, to Superman, to Wonder Woman. He's the exactly one cracking those jokes as he's running a million miles per hour. And then I look at Vaughn. He could also bring that too, but he comes from a different side. I've done the comic book movies. I've done a serious one. In X-Men First Class, I've done a straight-up comedy one, I'd say, in Kick-Ass. Yeah. But both of them, even X-Men First Class, had moments that you laughed in. Exactly. Like, no one's going to forget the scene where it's like they come up to Logan and he goes, fuck off. Exactly. Like, yeah, that on. scene. Come on. Like, there were subtle comedy, so it's really... Which is good where any what movie. Side, what, what comedic side do you want to go with? Someone who's been in that comic book realm and knows what he's doing... Or someone that's going to hit on that special effects and bring you the comedy with it. Yeah, you know what? If it weren't for just me wanting to go with the safe choice, I, I'm going to have to say Zemeckis is a close... I should have said this earlier, but I'm going to say... It's kind of like a, 1A, 1B. Yeah, exactly. He is a close second mm-hmm. just for the fact that he can pull this stuff off, but I feel safer with... Vaughn. Vaughn. Thank you, Matthew Vaughn. I don't know why I keep, keep forgetting on, his name. Like, I keep thinking when I think of Matthew Vaughn, I think it's the last name. I just think of Vince Vaughn. Yeah, that's, and I don't that know might be, why. It might be a and good... Johnny's uh, just like, I don't want to think about Vince Vaughn. No, but thanks. Here's something I want to ask. Yeah. And it's because we haven't given him enough love. Yes. What happens? What would you think? Not saying it will happen, but... Let, let's look at the scenario. Okay. What if Sam Raimi is the director of The Flash? A, not... how would you be upset? Would you be excited? Would you think it would flop? What do you think that he would bring to a Flash movie if they said, you know what, that's the direction we're going? You know what, I wouldn't be upset, partially because DC is not my thing, that's your thing. Oh, I would be upset. I figured you would be, but would. it's just because of the fact, you know nothing what? Nothing against Sam either. Nothing. No, it's nothing against him. He does great movies, but mm-hmm. I don't see him as doing a Flash movie. That's not, because we're just going to get another, um, another character that's not quite what they were in the mm-hmm. comic books not quite they were in the even if cartoons. jeff johns even if jeff johns is in jeff johns help writing trust. it yeah in jeff johns we trust well but even if he's helping write it even helping keeping the character consistent to what they are in the comics yeah well let's put it this way look what happened man of steel mm-hmm. i always thought and this is me being an outsider from mm-hmm. dc partially I always saw him as the blue boy, the campy boy scout, but mm-hmm. in Man of Steel, we get kind of dark and brooding Superman, which I get. Hashtag blame Zack Snyder. There you go. That, 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 that's the root <laughs> of all your evil right there. Yeah, that's the thing, though, is, I mean, it didn't bother me 100% mm-hmm. of the movie, but, like, he's supposed to, at least at times, be kind of campy and... Cheesy. A little cheesy. I, would, I mean, you didn't have to be cheesy corny. You could be, he's more upbeat than mm-hmm. Batman's supposed to be. He's supposed to be more upbeat. And I got it. Like, I liked it when he did it with the um, the acting normal, like, in the back scenes of not being Superman. It's like mm-hmm. questioning if he's Superman. A little brooding in that part. Fine, because that makes him more human. But when he's Superman, let's see a little bit more campiness. Let's see a little bit more lightheartedness. Mm-hmm. So if we get that, um, I mean, Ash and the Evil Dead, if we get um, the last, not the last of us, why am I looking at that one? Don't uh, don't Breathe. Um, a lot of the other ones I named with him earlier, mm-hmm. Grudge, Grudge 2. We don't need the darker, the, the grudgier mm-hmm. side of 
the Flash because we need that one superhero that's yeah. going to be complete jokester, lightheartedness. Let, let even Batman the, be the one that's the grudgy, dark, and exactly. That's my thing. That's that's where he comes in and kind of mm-hmm. there's you have to have a yin to the yang. Yeah, we need the Flash to be the jokester, even when things look bleakest. Mm-hmm. Somehow he finds a joke in it. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's the whole reason why. I think if I'm looking at Sam Raimi, yeah, I'm looking at. To me, I know I'm. It's like, well, Ricky, you're only picking out a few things, but one of the things that Sam Raimi has that the rest of the directors have as well as in his works, there is that kind of. It's that comedic side to things like even in the spider-mans yeah there was that hey you know what there's a comedic side to this in oz yeah. the great and powerful there was comedy in that even in and i look at evil dead 2 in the evil dead franchise bruce campbell as ash mm-hmm. there was some comedy in there yeah in that's evil true dead. it wasn't like a straight horror zombie film where it was like wow that is straight horror no there was some comedy in there too. So all three of these directors, I think, can bring that comedy aspect that we have. Yeah. But it's besides that, what are you getting? With Sam Raimi, I'm looking at the Spider-Mans and Oz the Great and the Powerful as what I would want the Flash to be. Because like you said, we do not need it to be as grungy, I would say. Dark brooding. Like Evil Dead, Army of Darkness. And I don't know if that is exactly the route I want to take. Matthew Vaughn's a guy where it's like, he's done the comic book movie. He's safe. If we want a comic book movie and it's done well, we can go with Matt Vaughn. But then that wild card is a mechas where it's like, do we really want to knock the, like, and this is what's going to come into the part of this. With Jeff Johns in the creative process. Yeah. And just really being there to kind of oversee everything. I think if they come out with the the final script, when the script is all said and done, and they come out with it and say, you know what? I think we we came up with a script that any of these three guys could work with. Yeah. If that's in my mind, maybe then I say, hey, let's give it to Zemeckis. Mm-hmm. Because if it's a script that any of the guys could bring that comedy to and knock it out of the park, Let's go hard into these special effects. Let's make The Flash the special effects movie of our DCEU and make sure that is done 110% so that when it's shown to the audience, everyone's like, holy shit, The Flash. Did you see those special effects, man? Yeah. Did you see those? Blow them away with that. Yeah, my only thing I would have to say is, um, I mean, any movie you have, even when we went and saw Logan, Mm -hmm. there's some comedy thrown there because you can't have straight, unless you're seeing a horror or a drama, even then there's some some comedy thrown in those. You can't have straight whatever it is. Mm -hmm. You need to have some comedy thrown there. What we need from The Flash, though, is some extra comedy than you would normally have. Like we've already seen, I mentioned it earlier, but now I'll mention it specifically, like with the interactions with him and Bruce Wayne. Yes, exactly. Where... He's like, hi, my name is Bruce. And he goes, you say that like I should know who's sitting in my second favorite chair. Yes, exactly. Exactly like that. And like even the part where you got Batman throwing it right back at him. So what's your superpower again? I'm rich. I'm rich. And then like even that was like, oh, my God. Like I am excited for the Flash. Yes. I'm more excited to see who they pick to To become the director. Because this is it. This is the guy that's going to shape this movie and help it become as great as I hope, I hope that it can be. Because like you said, DC's my baby, kind of like how Marvel is your baby. Oh, yeah. You, you don't have to stay up late at night wondering uh, wondering what your kid's doing. No, because, no, they, uh, they can take care of themselves at this point. Marvel's going out there. They're doing the right things. DC, a uh, little trouble child, and I got to worry about him. Well, gotta let's be fair, though. I have, tri- I, I have three of them to take care of now. Yeah, because you've got the TV. Sony, Marvel, yeah. and... And the D- and the MC... Well, we got, got MCU, we got Sony, mm-hmm. and we got Fox. Yeah, so you got three of them. I only got one that I got to worry about, and that one has got me worried. You got a little trouble child right tree. now. But this is where you guys come in. Let us know down below. What do you guys think? Would you pick Raimi? Would you pick Vaughn? Would you pick Zemeckis? What do you think about these three directors for the Flash movie coming to the DCEU? 
But Johnny, we're going to move on into our next topic, and we are going to look at Marvel because there was some kind of breaking news oh, yeah. that came out this past weekend, and we have a star for the Venom movie that me and you talked about not too long ago, Yep. and we have Tom Hardy, who played Bane in the um, Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy. Yes, you also got to throw a man on a plane. Remember that. <laughs> Why would you must ask yourself? You must ask yourself, why would you shoot a man if you threw him out of a plane? Yeah, that that guy is going to play Venom. Not that guy, but Tom Hardy. You guys know what I'm saying. I, I wish. That'd Johnny, be fun. I'm just going to throw it to you. Tom Hardy, is, Tom Hardy yes. as Venom. What should we expect? What I should think, we expect from this movie? I mean, I think it's going to be good. He did pretty good. In my opinion, he did good as Bane. He was menacing and everything. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he's got to just... Tweak it up a little bit for Venom, because now you can be... And with a rated R Venom, he can let that out. Well, not just that. Do you think he could be Eddie Brock? You know what? I'm not... Are we doing Eddie because Brock? Because the, the tweet from Sony Pictures, which had... it. Um, I'll leave the article for Superhero Hype down below. It has uh, him with a Venom shirt on, given the peace sign. Yeah. And it says, Tom Hardy is Eddie Brock in hashtag Venom. This upcoming film from Sony Marvel Universe... Releasing October fifth, twenty eighteen. Production starts in fall. Yeah, I'm gonna be intri- intrigued to see how they pull uh, pull out a story mm-hmm. with Eddie Brock, just because I don't know which spider. We don't know which Spider Man we're hundred percent going with yet, because as we were talking about before the show, how do you tie in? Because the, they one t- at one point they were saying, well, we're gonna leave it open for the MC- to be tied in with the MCU Spider Man, mm-hmm. but like we you and I were going back and forth with, can you do that having a PG thirteen MCU and having a rated R Venom. See, I don't think so. And the reason why is I think it's extremely difficult to say, oh, well, if it's in our universe, it's rated R. But once Venom crosses over into the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe, then he becomes PG. Then it kind of everything that the fans get will get used to mm-hmm. from that first film from the Sony side of things with the rated R side of Venom, once you move them over and make them PG for anything you use in MCE, or the MCU, now I'm mixing Marvel and DC. Yeah, don't do that. MCU, I would feel a little gypped, a little robbed. Yeah, when I it came to Venom because in PG-13, I'd feel like they're holding them back. I, I can understand that. What I'm going to throw out to you is mm-hmm. it's, it's Marvel, uh, Disney's Marvel, that is kind of renting out per se mm-hmm. spider-man from sony so yeah. if anything we pull spider-man back into the sony See, side well and that's an interesting thing because yeah. the one thing i heard was look at the age difference between tom hardy yeah and tom holland are they even going to want to use are they even going to use tom holland in this movie or are they going to kind of look at it like a deadpool side of things because when deadpool came out you can kind of map out where that movie takes place in the X-Men line of universe. Yeah, exactly. you know what happens before Apocalypse. But they're really ambiguous with the where does this movie take place in the X-Men timeline. I think Sony might go with a similar thing here. Where it's not going to be like this movie happens here in this timeline. This is where we are. It's just going to be the movie happened. And it's like... You're sitting there going, I if I had to, I don't know where this movie takes place in the Spider-Man timeline. Yeah, that's very possible just because we don't know which Spider-Man we're going to go with yet. Um, it would be kind of, I think it would be a little bit harder to tie it in with Tom Holland mm-hmm. just because of, let's just say just this, the age gap between the two of them. Yeah, exactly. I mean, how are you supposed to, kind of, Eddie Brock, what was he? I think he was... Was he one of the uh, the bullies in at school? No, that was you're thinking Fla- Gordon Flash, Flash Thompson, Thompson who, not Flash Gordon. Flash Thompson, who I believe <laughs> became bully, yeah. Agent Venom. Yeah, later eventually. On. No, you're right. So I'm not sure how we would tie in an Eddie Eddie Brock with such a young Spider Man. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not impossible, but I mean, do we do it with this mid high school one, or do we go with um, our recent one? What was the, his name? The Garfield. Garfield Andrew, Andrew Garfield. Garfield. Do we go with one that's kind of like bordering, hey, you're high, graduating high school, mm-hmm. going into college, which would tie in a little bit better of the age gap of your Venom? Well, and that's the thing that I was thinking about is, and I'm going to throw this question out there. Okay. Do you have to tie in Spider-Man at all? 
Do you have to, t- and when I say that, of course you have to tie in Spider-Man, but do you have to actually physically see a Spider-Man? Or could you just reference that Spider-Man's going on, much like Deadpool did with the X-Men? It's, I'm not saying it's not possible. I just feel like it's kind of hard mm-hmm. with the storyline of having the symbiote, having venom Mm -hmm. to not have spider-man in there really at all except by oh here's a poster of him or here's reference to him what are you gonna like where's what are you gonna do exactly with the movie then well and here's the thing that i run into when it comes to not hit if you're not gonna have spider-man in there at all originally it's spider-man that brings the toxin back to earth brings it here that's why in Spider-Man 3, Spider-Man has it first. Spider-Man has the symbiote, and it's like, whoa, I I have these powers. And then eventually he's like, no, I don't need this. And that's when he gets rid of it. Yeah. And that's when Eddie Brock becomes Venom because the symbiote bonds to Eddie Brock. If you're not going to have Spider-Man in there, are you going to go with a version where, you know what, in the first five minutes we explain, hey, he's, this is how he got the – we just explain – this is how we got it, and boom, now we're with Venom. Yeah, that's um, how are they going to – that's my thing is how are they going to explain Venom because even before that, how it happens is Spider-Man's the one that gets in touch. Mm-hmm. He doesn't bring it back from space. Well, he gets in touch he, with He's the, the first Cindy. one to get yeah. in touch with it, which is why he has it. And then it afterwards, that if you don't notice, Venom kind of resembles Spider-Man, mm-hmm. but – kind of is pissed off at him too, which is why he keeps trying to kill him because he wanted to be, well, he was fused with Spider-Man. Now he wants to, at one point he wants to be Spider-Man and it's like Spider-Man doesn't want him. No, well, then I'm going to destroy you, Spider-Man. Yeah. And the thing was, how do you do that kind of thing without having Spider-Man in there unless you go, well, Eddie Brock already has it and he wants to emulate Spider-Man, but why would he want to just do that automatically? And that's why I think the route that they could go in Mm -hmm. is, I don't know how they would write the script, so I'm glad I don't have that job. However, what I would do is maybe you don't have to include Spider-Man at all, but I would make it a movie where Venom is the protagonist and Carnage is your antagonist, kind of like two, two different symbiotes. And how they relate to each other. And then that way you can also get the, br- like, if it's rated R. The brutality. You can just let Carnage just go unreal. You can just let him go. Yeah, my only thing with that, too, now is how the car- how Carnage is made is mm-hmm. a mixture of the symbiote with John- Spider-Man's blood. Johnny's like, now, Ricky, you're just adding another, like, another another thing in another monkey wrench you you can put as many cogs into the watch as you want but if they don't turn if they don't turn together the watch doesn't work well and i think something like that could easily be tied in yeah because all you would need you wouldn't even need a spider-man on film for that all you would need is in some lab somebody's got a vial of peter parker's blood there you go now See, now we're cooking with oil. Maybe a doctor's office, maybe, you know, I mean, in past Sony films, like maybe in the Amazing Spider-Man, didn't uh, Dr. Connors do some uh, taking of Peter's blood? I don't think, I don't know if he took Peter's blood. Because wasn't it when Peter um, first got bit, he was like, what's wrong with me? And they were taking some blood to do some tests on it. Maybe, but here's- You think he just took enough blood for that one test and said, now we're fine? No, I mean, here's another one to think about, though. Mm-hmm. Doc Ock. Yes. Throw him. You can throw him in there. Okay. You don't even need to have him as Dr. Octopus yet. Okay. I mean, you can sell just... Me, sell me on it a little bit. Okay, so we can have a Dr. Octavius, because we're going... We could potentially just be going... We don't have... We're not tied to the Spider-Man trilogy. Mm-hmm. We're not necessarily tied to... We're not to, tied to anything. No, we're not. Let's just say it this way. I'm just going to be clarified, mm-hmm. though. Yeah. We're not tied to the Spider-Man trilogy. We're not necessarily tied to the, the Amazing Spider, the Amazing Spider-Man, and we're we may not even be tied to Tom Holland mm-hmm. Spider-Man. So this is, could be a pre-Doc Ock incident, uh, or even post-Doc Ock incident, where he has something against Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Somehow has his blood, maybe because they worked in the same lab as Doctor Connors, and decides, "I found this chunk of symbiote. I have Spider-Man's blood." 
Let's fuse them together and see what happens. Because the symbiote's out there right now. I'm going to do something, make something that maybe take out the symbiote that's out there. And then that's how he's born. That's and that's how, that, yeah, that's how he's born. And then maybe some, uh, poli- um, not police, uh, some prison program mm-hmm. gets, um, I don't remember the character that's supposed to be Carnage. Do you, um, the, well, anyways, the host of Carnage. Prison program, see how it infuses with a human. Mm-hmm. Shit goes awry, and that could be a start to hey, here's a Doc Ock one. Now that could be where it ties in. Now, are you talking about? One second, I'm gonna Cassidy. Yes, Cassidy. Cassidy, that's who you're talking about. Yes, deranged psychopath mm-hmm. fuses with a very dangerous symbiote, becomes a very dangerous thing. Now, now that you sold me, I can kind of see it. You like that now? You like I can kind of see it, but... And we also get kind of a Doc Ock story mm-hmm. on the side there. Now, the thing that I think of, though, is we're looking at the villain. We're looking at the other side. Yes. But with Venom himself. Yes. How do we establish... Like, to you, how do you establish the symbiote? Would you, Are you a fan of first five minutes, first ten minutes, doing kind of a flashback thing of... This is how he got the powers kind of a thing, and then it's Venom? Or do you want to see him as Eddie Brock in the beginning and actually see him get the symbiote in more of an explained out kind of path rather than the, oh, here, he's got it, and now we're moving forward? I want to see I want to see Eddie Brock get the symbiote. I want some explanation. It doesn't have to be a, chunk, a good chunk of the movie. Mm-hmm. I want some explanation of why does Eddie Brock have the symbiote? I don't want just, oh, he has the symbiote. Here's what's happening now. I kind of want to, even if it's like flashbacks of how it happened. Mm-hmm. Little, even if, honestly, if we don't need Spider-Man and Tom Holland, we don't need a specific Spider-Man, you can have Spider-Man swinging on screen or something to correlate that, A, it was one sp- part of Spider-Man mm-hmm. or Spider-Man has something to do with it because this is a, an antagonist of Spider-Man. So we need Spider-Man's correlation somehow with it. Even what via I'd say via flashbacks would be a great way to do it. it doesn't have to like, hey, these first five ten minutes of movie, this all happens. Throw it, throw it into to Venom, and then have Venom, the Venom snowball rolling. Well, and that's gonna be that's the most interesting part to me, is the question we can't answer. Yeah, is how is Spider-Man and if Spider-Man is going to be incorporated into this? Exactly, because like with. Deadpool, and I know that many people might be like, oh, you're bringing up Deadpool again. Let's be honest. Rated our film. We did it with Logan. What are you going to do? You get compared to Deadpool because Deadpool did it first. Yes, he did. That's what's going to happen. And with Deadpool, he had two X-Men that Colossus is like, I would say, a famous X-Men, but it's not as famous as like Wolverine, Storm. Oh, he's never been in any of the other movies. Yeah. They were able to use. Oh, I'm hand. sorry. He was in one of them. Yeah, he was in one of them. Because don't forget, he, uh, he 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 protects the children. He yeah, as they the go down the corridor, and prote- he protects them as they're going into the hidden passage. In exactly. The wall. But we get him, and then we get the uh, teenage Mega Warhead. Yes, that's the only two X Men that we really get on that side of it. We get to see the mansion, but that's all we get. That is all we get from the X-Men side. We don't get any of the other ones. Funny as only, so, only two of you living in this mansion. So I could see I could see Sony doing that route again where it's yeah. like maybe maybe we at him as Eddie Brock, he kind of uh what's the word I'm looking for? Interacts with like an Aunt May or he interacts with a James uh JJJ, a Jonah Jameson. True. Could be that. Interacts about Parker, but we never see Parker. We never see Spider-Man. It's just interactions with Aunt May, with JJJ, with other people about Peter Parker. Yeah. Let's be honest. Eddie Brock doesn't like Peter Parker. Yeah, we we have to have some sort of tie. At least there's got to be some sort of tie down to make sure we know mm-hmm. it's connected to Spider-Man. And like I said, just to give like the symbiote the backstory, the Eddie Brock symbiote backstory... I think actually going back to it, I think the flashbacks would probably be the best way to do it mm-hmm. just so you can have, hey, this is what st- started off the symbiote. This is where it all ties in. I got it. Okay. I got it right here. Let's do it. I would sit it like this way. I'm going to relate it to Batman. Okay. Everybody and their grandmother knows Batman's origin story. Very right? true. Everyone knows it. Yeah. Most people, I would assume, that are going to see a Venom movie at least know that Peter Parker had the Venom symbiote 
first. before Eddie Brock did. Yeah, that's true. Now, that assumption, I will say, might be a little bit of a stretch, but hear me out. What if it's something where the movie starts off, Tom Hardy as Eddie Brock, we kind of get to see the life of Eddie Brock, what he's going through, and we get this built-up jealousy, this built-up hatred and jealousy for Peter Parker, for Spider-Man. Because you can even do it, like I said, at the Daily Bugle with JJJ, you see all these shots of, like, the front page paper, Peter Parker's picture, and it could just be Spider-Man swinging. Yeah. That's all it has to be. That's true. Is just a picture of Spider-Man and all these headlines, and Eddie Brock kind of builds up that jealousy. Then a freak accident happens where he gets mixed with the symbiote, and the symbiote, who already hates Spider-Man, latches on to somebody who despises Peter Parker and is jealous of him. Could be that. Actually, I like the concept because... Maybe there's some actually now that we're going snowballing into this Mm -hmm. idea. What if it's something just of a jealousy thing where he's a normal guy and let's go with the um, Tom Holland one, Mm -hmm. Spider-Man. There's a guy that um, Vulture he's a cleanup crew guy Mm -hmm. and he's miffed about Tony Stark. He hates Tony Stark, but he's just a normal guy who took all this stuff and put it together. Maybe it's something like, well, hey. Why is Spider-Man always on the front of the paper? Maybe he's like, let's throw out there. Maybe he's a fireman or someone in the city that's a normal person Mm -hmm. doing really good things for everyone, but it's kind of like taking a back page to Spider-Man now Mm -hmm. from JJJ. A huge amount of um, jealousy builds up, and Mm -hmm. then the freak accident happens. That's what I was thinking. However, the thing I just think about now is if you build it up that way, you have to have Spider-Man in it. That's true. You do. Because- you can't. Ha- I I don't know how you get from let's build it up that way to up. Oh, you're switching. You're not fighting Spider Man. You're fighting Carnage. That's true. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This movie's going to be tricky. And it the is thing, very tricky. And the yeah. thing that kind of scares me, and I wouldn't be surprised if it does not hit the October 5th date for 2018. That is a quick turnaround. That is a huge. It is a yeah. quick turnaround for a movie to begin production in the fall. To then basically record, get everything finalized. You got to get trailers out there. Yep. Like, think about Wonder Wonder Woman. How long we've been seeing trailers for Wonder Woman. Oh, it's been quite a while. It's been a while. Think about this. We are already, like, Johnny, you think about it. In two months, in 60 days, under 60 days, Yeah. we're halfway through the year. Exactly. Think about it this way. In a month, we're almost halfway through the year already. So you got to not only... Write the script, get it all down, finish casting. You got to start filming. You got to get everything ready for trailers, for production, for the advertising and marketing side. Oh, and then the movie's got to come out in October. I do not think this is a movie that you go, hey, we can promote it all year. I think that with filming and stuff, we might not see a trailer until April. Yeah, exactly. February and April, February, March, April. And even around that time, I would say not enough time. No. Not enough time to build up the hype that you would need for the movie. But what what are your last thoughts? What are you kind of thinking we didn't talk about before we move on to Wonder Woman, who we're going to end the podcast with? Um, You know what? Um, it's going to be a very tough road for them, especially if you're not using Spider-Man mm-hmm. because he kind of starts off the symbiote into hating Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. You need him to make Carnage, and then in what I've read of comic books, even if just the synopsis, you need Spider-Man and Venom to defeat Carnage. Uh-huh. It's kind of a tough road, so I, I'm really, I'm like, I really want some storyline of what are you guys going to do with this? I mean, I'm excited for Radar Venom movie, because that would be awesome. He can terrorize whatever he wants, mm-hmm. but how are you going to play it off? Yeah, and that's exactly my case as well, as I'm excited that Tom Hardy is Venom, and I can't wait to see what kind of a spin he gets to Eddie Brock, because of course him as an actor is going to put his own spin on it. Exactly. It's going to be, he's going to be different than Bane. Yes. Bane was covered face, more intellectual. I think this is going to show a little bit of the personality side to Tom Hardy 
it's just everything with the story. What are we going to see? And that's where I'm going to turn it on to you guys at home. Let us know. What do you think about Tom Hardy as Venom? That's number one because, boom, that was the big news yep. of the weekend. But two, how would you write the story? What would you expect? Would you include Spider-Man? How would you include Spider-Man? Which Spider-Man would you include? Let us know down below in the comment section. And, Johnny, we're going to move on into our last topic, and we're going to complete our DC sandwich, putting the mayo on it, now putting the bread right on last top of that of sandwich. And we're going to be talking about Wonder Woman because as what happens every week is we come up with a game plan yep. and then something changes that. Like Venom changed it. Wonder Woman changed it this week. Exactly. Our game plan completely changed. I think we stuck with one thing we were going to talk about. Yeah. And that was the Flash. <laughs> exactly. That's the only thing we stuck only. with coming in. But there was some new kind of footage released for Wonder Woman. I'm going to leave it down below in the description for you guys. And we got some fight scenes. And yes. this to me... I love this. Loved it right away because yeah. one, we got to see a fight scene early on where you kind of get to see the inner workings of Wonder Woman, what's going on in here mm-hmm. before she comes to the human world, yeah. per se. And she's fighting, she's training, we get to see some of that. And then we get to see another fight scene of her being a total badass. Oh, yeah. Fighting an enemy. Basically, the best thing from this. Gets a, I think it was a Luger, right? A Luger pointed right at her. Yeah. Boom. Think I'm gonna deflect the bullet right back into your pistol. Separate fight scene, right but yes. back in. Well, yeah, they're two separate, but think I'm gonna hit the bullet and then it's gonna go right back into your gun. Coolest thing, most badass thing. Oh yeah. Out of the two clips, what what were your thoughts when you first saw this? Because you're the non DC guy, you're the Marvel yeah. guy. I'm the DC guy, so I'm looking at this going. Yes, yes, it is. I, I, this movie is probably going to be good. It's going to be good. I'm going to like it. It's going to be good. And it's going to save my franchise. It's going <laughs> to save my universe. Okay, well, let's put it this way. Actually, there were three fight scenes. There's one mm-hmm. when she's at home. Yes. Two outside. We have the one that's where cool. she's running through the gunfire well, as well. The first one is I'm gonna I'm gonna mm-hmm. talk about is the okay. one versus the guy who played Lieutenant Striker from my universe. Okay. And it's pretty cool. We got just like. Uh, she just takes the one guy, throws him off the balcony like that it was, was nothing. That was hilarious. It was great. And then a small little like chit chat here and there, and then just right to the, he shoots at her, boom, right in, back into the Luger. Mm-hmm. And then they have a total, uh, pretty cool fight scene where we find out he's another another ba- baddie in this movie. Yeah, he basically picked up like what a tank, like a tanker. And threw it at something, her. A something little, heavy in the office. It, I wouldn't have been able to pick it up. Hell no. It was like a heavy, it looked like a big heavy fire extinguisher. Yeah, just lobbed it like it was nothing at her. Yeah, like, and she just, boom, deflected it like it was nothing. Yeah, exactly. So we got someone that's mm-hmm. her strength fighting against her now, which was really cool. Um, apparently he's a little decent swordsman because he picks up her own sword and tries to get, kill her with it. Yeah. And we get a nice, awesome fight scene like that. But the other one I want to talk about mm-hmm. a little more so is when she's uh, in a room full of guys firing weapons at her. First thing she does, steps in the room. Everyone looks at her. She looks at them. Kicks this large table, probably twice as long mm-hmm. as this one. Just kicks it one foot. Takes out at least three guys against the wall. Well, and that's the thing I liked most about that one is right before she kicks the table, what kicks in, Johnny? The music. The music the that we love. music. And to me, I am hoping that, I'm hoping that they didn't just do that for the trailer. Like it's I this hope is not trailer. Either. When that happens, we're gonna kick the music. I hope when she actually goes to kick that table, the music <laughs> chimes <laughs> in. Because <laughs> I love that music. Love oh, that it's music. great. The music is one of the best things I've been hyped for since the beginning when it comes to Wonder Woman. I say from the beginning, from Batman v Superman, yeah, exactly. from BVS. That is when we first got to hear it, and I was like Shit, man, BVS kind of sucked, but, man, that theme, that Wonder Woman theme was good. Yeah, no, that's one of the things that whole, they worked out in there. That whole Wonder Woman, in general, was good in that movie. Probably the only thing that I liked from well, that movie. Well, that and Batflick. The one thing I want to kind of hit here is I want to jump to the first scene that they okay. show. And this is the one where it's kind of this training scene. Home in Damascara. Yeah, we've seen the end of this scene in other um, trailers where... She puts her hands in the X, blocks the shot, and it sends a shockwave through the training ground. But now we get to see 
what led up to it. And the thing that I love is I can already tell that they're going to hit the origin story and they're going to hit the what Wonder Woman is thinking perfectly in this. And I'm like, you can tell Jeff Johns came in to say, hey, this character needs to kind of fit what it is in the comics because I am going to kind of uh, give a little spoiler here, kind of promo spoiler spoiler kind of a thing. But this week, Friday, it's going to be our first graphic conversation coming back for season dose. And Mark and I read Wonder Woman Spirit of Truth. Mm-hmm. And in there, same kind of thing going on where, you know what, I got to earn my mother's trust. I really want to make my mother proud, make everyone proud here at Themyscira. Yep. But at the same time, I want to understand the human world. And yeah. It was a whole kind of, that whole comic that we read was all about her kind of, yeah, she wanted to do her mom right, but also she wanted to understand the human world. We get to see that in this too. We get to see the lasso of truth actually on Chris Pine's character. Yeah. We actually get to see that happen. We get to see it in use. We also get to see after they come out of a meeting with uh, Pine's higher up at the British intelligence agency. Yeah. We also get to see Wonder Woman not really understanding things that we take for granted where she's like, how can you do that? And he goes, no, I'm going to take you to the front line. And she goes, so you lied to him? He goes, yeah, that's what I do. I'm a spy. Like, for people like us, it's like, yeah, people lie sometimes. Mm-hmm. That's what people do. Exactly. Sometimes you tell a white lie to get out of something. You tell a white lie so it doesn't hurt as much. Wonder Woman doesn't understand these things. No, they, You can see right away we're going to get those little, like, she doesn't completely understand the human world because it's yeah. different than what she's used to on Themyscira. I can already see in just these clips that Jeff Johns did his work. In Jeff Johns, we trust, hashtag it. (laughs) He did his work. She's going to fit to the comic books. I think I'm going to be happy. Yeah. I think I'm going to be happy with this movie, Johnny. I think so, too. I mean, that's the cool thing. She has to learn what it is like Mm -hmm. in the human world, and this is a perfect way to go about it. Mm -hmm. Because in... Have being a be this far back, it hasn't it doesn't intertwine with not knowing anything in the later part of the DCEU. Plus, we already know. You know how last time we talked about Wonder Woman, I think it was two weeks ago, something like that. And I said, "Oh, like Ares is kind of going to be the big baddie." And then they came out with that trailer, and it was Doctor Poison. Yeah. And what I exactly said, everything that I said was wrong because they reveal. I was like, "Watch now that I'm talking about this, they're going to reveal." who the villain is, and that's what they exactly did Mm -hmm. that night when they came out the trailer. But we do know that he's still going to be incorporated into the movie. He is. Because in that scene where they come out of the kind of office and down the stairs before he leads her to the front lines, we already see her mention his name. Yeah, she's like, that was Ares. Well, she already mentions, like, Ares is not going to wait. He is not a guy... That is going to blah, 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 blah. But she mentions his name. We know he is in there. It's just what kind of a role is he going to play in all this? Exactly. So and, we'll have to see. And we also how get big to see. He is in it. I just wanted to throw this out. Okay. We also get to see Pine's character. She throws at him the, well, how do I know you're not lying to me? And he puts the lasso around himself. So yeah, really. Around his own hand. We get a little bit of that is something that uh, I kind of feel like that's kind of playing into the love story between uh, him and Wonder Woman. Because there is that one, the love story between the two Mm -hmm. of them. And we're going to definitely see that. Do you have any other thoughts with what we've seen? With these, with this little reaction, this one might not be as long as our other segments because the clips are shorter. Yeah, no. I I wanted to talk about this. I wanted to get the hype going for Wonder Woman. No, I think it's kind of cool because the other thing is that... Fight scene in mm-hmm. with multiple people around remind me it's like oh my god it's like the the one when she kicks the table one of the good scenes from it's, Batman v Superman yeah well when oh. it was when Batman came in he's like boom doof, 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 doof. and it's just like this you can it's, tell it's a similar style exactly well he like shoots the the crate mm-hmm. and yanks it really hard and yeah. takes out three guys with it as well it's just mm-hmm. it's cool that they kind of like same idealism but not like oh we'll just spew it back out again yeah you can tell it's connected exactly but it's connected 
but then it's specifically tailored to Wonder Woman. Exactly. Because Wonder Woman's not going to have the same bag of tricks as Batman. Exactly. She's going to use her strength, her sword, her mm-hmm. shield, maybe the lasso. I don't know about in the close oh, quarters man. like that, but... How about the, the look on the uh, the other guy's faces when she goes, you guys stay here, I'll run ahead. And they kind of look at Pine like, what did she just say? <laughs> and he just was like, yeah, that's what she's going to do. And then, let her do it. Just a machine gun. She's got the shield. Jumps up out of the building to jump. Oh, it, I No, she gets blasted into the building, acts like nothing happened, and jumps through the window next to it. I am glad that we got this. Oh, so I am I. so happy that we got this footage. Put a little bit more faith in it for because you? Because I am, yes. Yeah, why, yeah, first off, take my money now. I'm going to give you my money. I'm going to go see it. On opening weekend. We I didn't got, have money in my hands. We got to go see it opening weekend. Oh, we're we will. Co- we're going to review it on June 4th when we record that week's Rick and Johnny podcast. Yeah. So, of course, we're going to go see it the night of June 2nd. But it's just, I look at it and I go, yes, like you didn't need to show me any more to take my money. But now I actually look at this and I'm like, yeah, I'm optimistic. Yeah. I really do think, too, you that. Gonna, you're going to buy the tiara? No, so, I, won't go, I won't go that far. Come on I, now, you know you want I to. I do honestly <laughs> think that I am very, very interested, and I think that Jeff Johns did his work. I think that we're actually going to get a Wonder Woman that relates to the comic book, that will set up the other movies, because then we'll get the same thing. Yeah, and with we'll that— We'll get a Flash that relates, a Cyborg that relates, a Batman that relates. That's exactly what I was going to say. Now that we get a Wonder Woman that relates, it mm-hmm. kind of leads the track of— more characters that relate to their comic book sources as opposed to the first two we got. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) I BVS, I know some people liked it. I did not. I was not a huge fan of Batman v Superman, but now I will ask you before we close everything up like we always do, any final thoughts on Wonder Woman as a whole or the clips we saw? Gave you everything I got. Well, my closing thought on it is it's going to be great. I'm going to love Wonder Woman, and I'm probably going to sit here exactly, what are we, two weeks away from it? Yeah, two weeks away from Wonder Woman, from when we're going to be sitting here recording that review. I'm going to predict right now I'm going to give it a five out of five. I'm not going to give my prediction until we see it. And now I am very nervous that I said that. So I hope it's very good because I have now very hyped up You better up knock about on wood, it. Ricky. I am very, very hyped up about it. You guys can hear me and that, see me That's knocking. particle born. Uh, yeah, some part of the board is wood. <laughs> so I will uh, go ahead and knock on that. But go ahead and check out. Give us, first off, your thoughts of the clips. They're down in the description. Let us know in the comment section down below. What do you guys think? Does this hype you up for the movie more? Am I too hyped for it now am i too hyped for wonder woman is he because of these clips let us know down below also go ahead hit that like button hit that subscribe button you can follow us on twitter i'm at ricky widmer johnny is at war machine 9085 and most valuable podcast is at most valuable pod also check out patreon.com backslash most valuable pod to kind of help support the channel other than hitting the like and subscribe button and the follow button if you are on Blog Talk Radio. But I want to thank you guys for checking out the podcast today. And as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.